scheduled pitching matchups this weekend. Tonight, Charlie Morton against Tyler Glasnow. Tomorrow, Spencer Strider against Taj Bradley. Sunday, uh, Bryce Felder against uh, Zach Eflin. So what are you looking for? Um, what do you hope to see in this weekend's uh, showdown between the uh, NL West, excuse me, the NL East and the AL East leaders? Well, uh, a couple things. I think Tampa Bay right now, uh, uh, Bob, is facing their, really their first true test of the season. Um, they've lost five games in a row. And that, that's why I say that. I mean, this season, Tampa and Atlanta clearly right now are, as we speak, I think the two best teams in the game. The season's pretty much been a, a romp for Tampa Bay right up until now with the five losses in a row. Now, how much of a romp has the season been? They still lead Baltimore by four games and the Yankees and Toronto by eight games. So that's what Tampa's done. They, they, they started out so well. They built themselves such collateral that they've got a little bit of room. You know, they've got a lot of wiggle room. But, you know, obviously losing five in a row, they need to get back on track. And if they're not careful, Atlanta's so good that, you know, entering the All-Star break, could look up and have lost eight in a row. So, you know, interesting series, big series. It'll be, you know, Glass now and Eflin. Eflin's, by the way, a veteran that's, that's had a surprisingly good year. He's been really yeah. steady for Tampa. But those guys, uh, the Tampa pitching, they're in for a battle this weekend because Atlanta is knocking the ball all over the park. They've had home runs in like 22 consecutive games. I mean, they're making, you know, forget the Monday night home run derby in Seattle. Atlanta's making every night look they're playing home run derby. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, Tampa. Yeah, you know, they lost Springs for the season. We don't think Rasmussen. He, if he comes back, it would be, I think, a bonus for them at this point for this year at least. And now, yeah. you know, McClanahan's out for a while too. I'm worried about them long term in in a short playoff series with because of their starting pitching situation. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And it, the thing with Tampa, though, they've got a really, really good bullpen. It's deep. It's talented. Um, and they bring it every night. But to your point, and this is what happened when they went all the way to the World Series in the COVID year of 2020 before losing to the Dodgers. They had a great bullpen that year, too. But the combination of their philosophy of never letting, rarely letting the starters face the opposing lineup a third time, mm-hmm. combination of that, so, in other words, shorter outings for the starters with the injuries you mentioned basically means that really good bullpen carries a heavy, heavy workload. And it's a risk that bullpen's going to be burned out come playoff time. That's what happened. I know that 2020 was only a 60-game season, but, man, with that, I, I remember covering – the playoffs that year in the, the American League played in the no fans, no in the stands. It was in the bubble, and the American League bubble was in San Diego. And I remember mm-hmm. covering, you know, I covered that. I was in Petco Park for two and a half weeks straight watching Tampa Bay play the Yankees and beat the Yankees, and then Houston and beat Houston to get to the World Series. And their bullpen. Uh, guys like Nick Anderson back then, they were just lights out. But the problem, over a two-and-a-half-week period, they had leaned on those guys for so many pitches 
that by the time they played the Dodgers in the World Series, that bullpen didn't have anything left. As far as Cincinnati and Milwaukee, um, the listing pitching matchups, uh, both of the, the races go tonight, Andrew Abbott against Corbin Burns. Then yeah, tomorrow it's Luke Weaver, former Diamondback, who's not been good since actually for a long time now, against Colin yeah. Ray. And then on Sunday it's uh, Sean Lively against Julio Tehran, uh, who is uh, you know, a you know, young pitcher when we were younger human beings. Uh, what, what stands uh-huh. out between these two teams other than probably a lack of depth in starting pitching? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think no doubt about that. Clearly, the National League Central is down this year. But, you know, just as I said with Tampa losing five in a row, that it was going to be a pretty interesting test against Atlanta this weekend. It's the same for Cincinnati. The, the, the Reds, since bringing up L.A. De La Cruz, um, they're, they've won 21 of 27 games. They, they won five in a row right now. Uh, tied with the Mets, who you might have noticed over the, this week, ran their streak to five in a row. Yeah, I, Sorry, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mets won five in a row. They won eight out of ten and 21 out of 27. They're energetic, talented. De La Cruz, Matt McLean at shortstop, Spencer Steer. Some of these rookie names are names to remember. Um, but that said, uh, figure out how to take these reds is this just a burst of energy since these young players have been called up and and, or are they going to be for real um i think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and 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 you know that say they probably are for real but again where i say a test is concerned i mean this is this weekend in milwaukee is a chance for the reds to flex their muscles even more and um you know, from that perspective, going in, they have a two-game lead over the Brewers. I mean, you, you know, I mean, you've done this long enough, Bob. You know, the most successful baseball teams, you you just try to win each series. So, yeah. what the temptation would be for Cincinnati? I mean, they're up two. If they could continue this five-game winning streak and run the table, I mean, they could go into the All-Star Game break with a five-game lead over Milwaukee. That's probably a little too greedy. If you're Cincinnati, you just want to go in and do, you know, take care of business, win two out of three from every everywhere you go. But um, you know, it will be interesting to see, especially in Milwaukee, how they match up. They play three three game series the next in this month, uh, you know, this week, next week, the first three games out of the break, and they play three more games at the end of July. Then they're done for the year with only the 13 games against division opponents, which brings me to the idea, do you like the new schedule, quote-unquote? Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I mean, I I, I kind of like – parts of it I like. I mean, I don't – put it this way. I don't know if there's any perfect schedule out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I like the way it was before interleague play when everybody played the same schedule that's what i like because that's a true measure of a 162 game season is when you know everybody and take the national league west arizona the dodgers san francisco uh, and there's no interleague play so arizona plays every other team in the national league the same number of times that the dodgers do the giants do 
uh, that's, I think, when it was in its best. You know, once you got into interleague play and you're trying to, you know, manually shift the schedule around, um, there are parts of the current one I like. I mean, I, I like that doesn't play 19 games against every other division opponent. I mean, you know, I'm sure in Arizona, it seemed like under the old schedule, it seemed like every time you looked up, Colorado was in town again, you know, and it's like, <laughs> geez, how many more games against Colorado, you know, yawn can there be? Um, on the other hand, you know, the way it is now, I think it makes for a little bit more interesting schedule, but, it's still not perfect because that's really bizarre what you just laid out, the Cincinnati and Milwaukee, the, the, the three three-game series and how, how uh, crunched up they are in the middle of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Talking to Scott Miller of New York Times, going around Major League Baseball. Okay, so Cincinnati, Arizona, and Baltimore. I think there's some uh, similarity here. Obviously, they're all having success this season. They have a core, all of them, of young players. And uh, yeah, they have you know, several in addition to the guys we've seen at the major leagues, they all have some you know minor leaguers, prospects, etc. Not even the big leagues this year. So, of those three teams, they don't have very many young starting pitchers. So, should they, being Arizona, Baltimore, Cincinnati, should they actually trade some of their talent for starting pitcher, young talent for some established starting pitcher uh, before August the first? Yeah, I mean that—that's the—that's the question they've each got to wrestle with. I think um, it, it's—you don't want to mortgage your your future completely for this year. Um, but the flip side is, I, I mean, when you have a chance to win in the game, I think those chances don't come around every year. I mean, look at teams that you know, go out and try to buy pennants, and they try to maneuver themselves into winning. I mean, you know, look at what's going on, for example, in San Diego. I mean, I know they went to the to the NLCS last year against against Philadelphia, but, you know, I mean, ever since A.J. Preller came in, you know, they made all that noise in 2015 when they brought in Matt Kemp and Derek Norris and a bunch of guys, and, and that failed. And this year, they has been a clunker. Um, you much as people think you can, you, you try to build a winner, but then as much as people think you can maneuver that, you're never guaranteed to have a winner. It, you, the best laid plans go astray quickly in this game. So when you do have a chance to win, you do need to take care, you know, t- take it seriously. But um, the mirage within all this is the expanded playoffs, right? The second wild card uh-huh. spot. I mean, the playoffs are trickier, trickier to get through than ever before. So you have to look at your team. And it, it, and the question is, to your point, do we trade some prospects for starting pitching? How honestly are you evaluating your team? If you think you have a chance to legit win the World Series, then the answer is yes. You trade a couple prospects, try to get that starting pitcher, because if you legitimately think you can win the World Series this year. But if you look at your team, you think, you know, we're maturing, we're still a little young, we have a hole here, a hole there. We can get to the playoffs, but we don't have what it's going to 
quite yet what it's going to take to advance in the playoffs, I think then you have to hold on to your prospects. So that said, um, Baltimore, legit chance. I mean, Adley Rutschman is a game changer with that organization, and they've got other young players. I mean, you know, they're sitting here today, 51 and 35, 593 winning percentage. That's that's the third best in the game behind Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Um, you know, so I would say Baltimore has a legitimate chance to win it and, and maybe should look at a trading for a starting pitcher. Cincinnati and Arizona are more interesting because I'm not sure, um, you know, I mean, certainly Diamondbacks, I don't want to knock them. They're, they're they, 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 nobody thought they'd be leading this division right now. And so there's a temptation to say, keep the pedal to the metal and go for it. Now, I think what you're going to have to do over the next month, if you're Mike Hazen and his team, you're also going to have to look at whatever this shoulder situation is with Corbin Carroll. Because, and I hope, by the way, that he's okay. Because that, that didn't look good. And the fact that it's happened twice in six or seven days now or five days or whatever it is, that's really worrisome. Um, if he's out for an extended time, um, I don't know that I trade for pitching. All right, so kind of the flip side of that is uh, as far as the you know, Arizona-Baltimore-Cincinnati situation, Mike Trout's latest injury has him out for several yep. weeks. So does that mean Shohei Otani might be dealt before August 1st? <laughs> I don't think so. I've been, I've all along been in the camp that they're not going to trade him. Um, Artie Moreno, their owner, finally came out a couple weeks ago and, and indicated that he's not going to be traded. Um, but the reason I'm, I've been in the camp, he's not going to be traded. I think a couple things. One uh, is it his greatness makes the Angels, it gives them an international appeal. I mean, the Angels right now are selling so many caps and memorabilia in Japan. And they're, they're Japan's team right now. Um, I think there's dollars that come in from marketing opportunities because of that that people aren't talking about. I mean, people are saying, should they trade Otani? And that's based on sheer baseball reasons. Um, if the Angels don't get stay in contention. Um, but I think there's some dollars that go beyond baseball that just deal with Otani and all what they, the angels are doing in Japan. I think all of that factors in. So I think that's one reason he doesn't get traded. And the other reason I think is sheer on the sense of the owner. I mean, if you're Artie Marino, we all know he's got as much pride as anybody in the game. Uh, and he, that's led him astray, I think, at times, to make some wrong emotional decisions. But if you throw up your hands and trade Otani, the, the, the best player of our generation and one of the best players ever, if, if you trade him, you're just flat out admitting we failed. And I don't think Artie Marino has that in him. Scott, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. We'll do it again. All right, Bob, take care. Scott Miller, New York Times.